Welcome back, everybody, to the Side Quest Podcast. This is Eric, and I am joined by Guess Who. After 50 episodes, if you can't guess by now, who are you, big dum-dum? Justin and Jeff, welcome to the show. Oh. <laughs> all right, that is all we get out of you for tonight. Uh, muting, good. How was the other person? I don't even know who the fuck that was. I think that was Jeff. That was me. Oh, okay. Well, you're done now. So, Justin, how are you? I'm I am well. I'm very ticklish tonight, Eric. How are you? <laughs> well, who's tickling you over there? Tell him to well, stop it. Well, call or tell him to tickle harder. <laughs> <laughs> Do that whole thing. So uh, we've had a pretty another busy weekend. I feel like just things are happening. There's a lot going on in the world. Uh, Jeff, we got on a call the other day, and you were talking about this movie I've never heard of, but apparently it's it's breaking some waves here. So why don't you start us off and tell us all about the Demon Slayer Muggin Train. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I heard about it breaking all the records in Asia, and I never, an anime has never done that. I mean, even like Spirited Away, which won multiple Academy Awards. Um, basically, it's called Demon Slayer. It's based off a of manga, which then became an anime, which became super popular out of nowhere from a studio in Japan that's not known for making anime either. Uh, it's very, like, pretty to look at and whatever. Anyway, they finally dubbed the movie and released it in the States last weekend, uh, along with Mortal Kombat and all that. And it is now the highest grossing foreign film in the U.S. Wow. And I, that, I've never even heard of it until you brought it up. And so is it, like, is it on HBO Max or is it streaming on one of the other sites? Or is it just out for rent? So it's at theaters, and there's some, uh, I think you can get it on Funimation. Uh, I haven't checked. I didn't even know it was coming out, which makes it even crazier is how did it break all these records. I didn't even know it, was, it came out this weekend. Yeah, I, I know it's been on my radar to see because I heard how good it was doing in Asia. But, um, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's insane that, I mean, it, it beats... Uh, parasite i mean it's beaten everything yeah yeah i've never heard of it i mean i'm not i've never been a big fan of anime but every once in a while you'll catch me just like checking something out so if this broke a lot of records and i just looked it up it looks like about uh 432 million already worldwide it was released april 23rd so very recently 98 percent of google users like this it's got 8.4 on imdb 95 on rotten tomatoes 82 on metacritic so it seems like it's definitely breaking some waves. It's uh, it's official. Yeah, it's well, maybe this will get some more people in the anime and take it as actual, you know, cinema and art because that's so so cut the crap a little bit and tell us what it's about. Like what the hell? Why should we I I'm with Eric. I these yeah. words have never jumbled into my mind together at the <laughs> yeah. same time. So it's what, set, what the, yeah. It's set in Japan and it's during the when um, you know, Japan was feudal for a while and they kept their coasts pretty much, you know, closed from the rest of the world. Um, you know, Japan's still very much like that. I think like 98% of the population is Japanese still. But it's, you know, during like the Industrial Revolution in the rest of the world and now they've opened their ports and now other, you know, influences from the rest of the world are in. But the countryside is still pretty much you know, feudal, samurai, things like that. So it's kind of a mix of both the time and, you know, the old ways in Japan. There's still no guns or anything yet. It's still 
very early in Japanese history. But during out throughout Japan's history, there's these warriors called demon slayers that kill demons in Japan. And uh, you follow this um, young demon slayer who is just living in a village, taking care of his mother and his uh, siblings. He goes to town one day to deliver wood, to get money, comes back, and they've all been killed by a demon, and he tries to go after a demon then bites his sister, who then turns into a demon, but all of a sudden won't kill anyone else, which is odd, and no one knows why. And you just follow him and his sister, because he's hoping to find a cure for his sister, and in the process becomes a demon slayer. Jeez. So it's the, it's the plot to I Am Legend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every isn't every plot uh, to I Am Legend? <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, a quick side quest comment. Uh, not even in the question, but uh, a quick fuck you to I Am Legend and the CGI. Stop that! Don't do that again. They need to re- they need to remake that. I feel like that movie needs a remake, and they need to do due diligence and make it more uh, practical instead of CGI. So, Wasn't the whole point of that at the end that the the last survivor was the villain, like he was the boogeyman to these creatures? At uh, least in the book, I think it's more implied that. Something yeah, like the, that. The book goes into a whole hell of a lot more detail and spends less time looking at Will Smith brooding at the camera. Yeah, or <laughs> sitting in that woman's house watching cartoons. Yeah, please talk to me. Please, please say something. He goes to Blockbuster every day. So shout out to Blockbuster. I know you hit up every five episodes we're on. Uh, but that movie you were just talking about, the anime, is it actually got nominated... Uh, it was submitted, I should say, submitted for Best Animated Feature for the 93rd Academy Awards. And I think we just got to take a quick moment to talk about uh, the decline and what has turned into more of a shit show year after year of an Oscars. Like, I feel like just who cares anymore? Like, especially in this day and age with the world and the state that it's in, like, we really want to sit and watch rich people pat each other on the back and give themselves a hurrah like i love trust me we you guys out there know we love movies but i don't know i'm not i've never been a huge awards guy so what about you guys what'd you guys think did you watch any of it did you just pass it all together i mean what i heard is it was down 58 percent viewership which is insane i think someone on reddit said Phineas and ferb had more viewers <laughs> that day than the oscars did i stopped watching the Oscars years ago, so I really don't care. Uh, It goes back to like what you were saying. I don't need you know, these um, stuck-up people with who live in completely a different planet uh, preach to us, but yet they don't you know, they don't live by their preaching. Why don't you give all your millions away if you're so concerned about the rest of the world? No, no, don't do that, and we have to hear them. I think Ricky Gervais at the was it the Grammys or what was it last or year? Golden Globes or something. Where he basically told them all, when you get nominated and you get your award, come up here, say thank you, and get the fuck <laughs> off. No one wants to listen to your politics. You have no right to come up here and preach to people about things you do not understand. Take your <laughs> award and fuck off. Here's the thing like that I think it's so confused is if you have a political message, that's fine. Put that in your art. Yeah. Put yeah, that or in on your, your movie. Or on your Instagram. But it's like, this isn't the time. This is the time for thank yous. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Old Man Tucker. Thanks, Chuck E. Cheese. 
for growing but, me up. No, I mean, like, you can have, you can be somebody like De Niro, and you can have this explicit, just whatever, whatever side of the boat you want to land on it in terms of what he's saying. But like, make a movie about that. Yeah. And yeah. I would, I would watch that, and I would say I agree or I disagree. But when you come onto stage, and you're, oh, screw you, pal. Actual footage, actual yeah, footage. I, <laughs> I watched like the first six minutes, and a couple things threw me off. One, I felt so bad. I forget her name, but she was in the Watchmen. Watchmen was fucking awesome. She was awesome in it. I forget her name, so fans out there yell at me. But she had a hard task of like doing the whole five minute, just like walk in. It's live. She's trying to get to all these names. They didn't really play through any of the clips of the movies at all. Uh, they didn't have a live band, and it was weird because sun was coming in. I get it. It's like 4 o'clock there, uh, West Coast. But it was weird not being like in a darkened room, and there was only like 30 people there. It just, I don't know, it just seemed like it was put on by like high schoolers. And just after the first couple announcements, I'm like, you know what? I'll, I, I mean, honestly, I'll just catch the highlights. Like, I just don't even bother watching anymore. Like, if something big happens or not so big, like, I'll I'll check into it the next day. Like, it's not the end of the world for me. I feel like... And I'll, I'll bring us on to maybe a side quest here. Um, well, I, got, I, want, I got something to say, and then I got a side quest. Ooh, <laughs> Jeff's oh, rants. I'm like ref rants. He's on a he's on a roll. Go for it. Well, no, I think the you know the other reason why viewership is down, or at least maybe this is just my own thought, but the past year with the pandemic and these asshole celebrities doing like Imagine and all this other crap, I think people are just kind of like done with them i remember ellen was like sitting in her 40 acre estate saying she felt like she was in prison because she (laughs) couldn't go out i think a lot of people are just like eh fuck these people just make movies and shut the hell up yeah well i I think that's i think it damaged them this year i i don't know what you think about that justin but i think it's it's damaged their you know what a celebrity is it i think it has and what's so weird is in hollywood to be cool, you have to be liberal. So conservative voices are muted. Like, that's not just a rant thing. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. And I bet you the there's thing. a bunch who are, but they're too afraid to say anything, which is also kind of fucked up. Like, because they're always saying, oh, we should always listen to both sides. But yet, you know... Look at canceled. Chris Pratt. Look, look what's happened to him over the years. Yeah. He can't be religious? Up, oh, canceled. Er, yeah. It's, er, er, it, politics it's alert. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's let's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> but I agree. I agree with both you guys. Like it, it, it's it's a very strange. Like it's to them, it's got to be like a strange life balance. Like I think it goes both ways. We can't understand their lifestyle, and they can't understand ours. Like you know, a lot no, of can understand theirs. Go on their Instagram, and you can see exactly. No, but like life. you don't know the struggles they go through on a personal level. What like, struggles? I you, you could. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have some very minor struggles, but the options to get help for those struggles are vastly superior than other people. Uh, so I don't, don't give me their struggles. I don't know. Go through the list of all the actors that had to, you know, that felt like they had to take their own lives, like the Philip Seymour Hoffmans of the world and the rest of them. That's like, mental illness. Yeah, that's a that's a different thing. The Robin so Williams. It's another red zone. Yeah. But I, I got a question for Ju- and I think this is more for Justin, just because I know Justin is more into like music. <laughs> Eric, I love you, but you're you're into like movie scores, which is great. 
but like, so not just the Academy Awards, but like the Grammys and all this other, these other awards, which are also down because then it's, you know, musicians. But I think in today's day, uh, you have more options to hear other types of music. And the Grammys now, it's just like, oh, it's just Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, Kanye. It's like these top 10 guys, which isn't even that good of music compared to all this other stuff that's coming out and technology easier for people to actually record studio quality stuff at the house that they live in and actually get that out on YouTube that even the Grammys are just outdated and it's just the select pop music. What if you don't like pop? I don't think Justin Bieber has the best song of the year. That's just ridiculous to me. But Justin, I know you listen to a lot of all different types of stuff. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I I mean, I agree with you. And I, I think that in terms of musical awards, there's not much recognition for the broader indie spectrum of songs and creators and artists out there. I think that when you try to compare like the quality of a song, I've done this before, but it's like, if you want a burger, you can go to McDonald's and spend a dollar and be satisfied. That's listening to a Justin Bieber song. It's like, okay. I'm going to shit myself later, but I spent a dollar on it. So who gives a damn, but you can go to some, you can go like a, a layer deeper and you can get somebody like a, uh, like an Elliot Smith or Mason Jennings, even like Dave Matthews band has sort of become a pariah to mainstream audiences lately where they're putting out with their own money and their, their own, their blood and their sweat and their souls to create this like delicious music that the mainstream just says, well, it's not it's not number one on the radio, so and it's like, are you kidding me? This is technically amazingly proficient to whatever Justice Beaver can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly that's why I stick to alternative. I, I like I know my swim lane now. I feel like I'm a boomer at heart now because it's like, you know, my dad just listened to classic rock and that's all he loves. And it's like me, I found my stuff. There's every once in a while a pop song will catch my ear and stuff, but you know, they're, I hate to say it, you old fucks, me included, but they're not making music for us anymore. Once you hit like 30 plus, the music's not for you anymore. It's for the kids. Yeah, well, yeah but was that music ever for us even to begin with? Um, I mean, that's hard to tell. I mean, like the I mean, Backstreet Boys and Insane. Oh, my. Like food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's who, true. Who was Nirvana for? See? Yeah, that's a good point. Like. Love or hate Nirvana, they changed the face of music in the same manner that the Beatles. Yeah, but in sync at the time would win. Exactly. Well, yeah, right. I mean, if you think and that's some bullshit. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, like that was just more, I guess, culturally appropriate. And I'm getting close to the er, er, not trying to go down that route, but like I feel like you know they probably sold out more shows and cause they were like a worldwide sensation. Whereas Nirvana, yes, there's definitely a, a genre of folks from each country that love it. But the majority of like kids, families, whatever, it was like the safe go-to kids loved it. It was at every birthday party, roller skating event, school dance, you know, Nirvana, that kid that got up there during, um, you know, the uh, talent show and played like one Nirvana song, like five people clapped. Sadly, I would have been there and clapping, but you know, I think when it's like the the other way around, it's I don't know. It it's all rigged. It's all bullshit. It's just you know. The last so the last thing that I'll say, and then let, let's jump topics because we can talk music. Oh yeah, all day. All no. night. We, we, this this could be a, a very long. good. Oh, <laughs> See what I did there? Ooh, Speaking of ooh, music, ooh. Um, 
So the last point that I want to make is when it comes to music too, like taking the example of Nirvana and applying it to us as children. Yes, we we bobbed our heads and we rocked out to some some Nirvana, but the music wasn't for us. Like we could not uh, put ourselves in Kurt Cobain's heroin drugged shoes and be like, hell yeah, I get this music. And to Eric's <laughs> point, I think very few not very few people. There's a lot of people that struggle with, with what he dealt with and what he went through and even uh, what Gus Van Sant did uh, in his last superstar movie. But it's just like it, that. I think that's why it's not as broadly accepted. Like you can take NSYNC or Backstreet Boys and be like, Oh yeah, I'd love to be in a white t-shirt under a water fountain. Duh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So, you know, clearly, we're not huge fans of award shows. I mean, again, every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, everyone else think? Are award shows outdated? Are they smuggy? Easily. Yeah, you can... I, I feel like they're not how they used to be. When we were younger and watched them, it was because we loved, you know, that character in that movie and we wanted them to win. And they'd go up and say thank you to everyone. I mean, uh, the new um, Captain America, Mackie. He has an interview a couple of years ago at Comic-Con where he talks about how now it's, you know, we're going to see the Thor movie or we're going to see the, you know, Captain America movie, not the Stallone movie or, you know, the Schwarzenegger movie. It's like changed. We're to see the character, not the actor. Well, and if you think mm. about it nowadays, like it's not it's so oversaturated, like in the 90s. There was like, what, 20, 30 movies that came out a year, and then they had to narrow that down to like the best 10. And that was cool. And it was, they were actually good movies. Like, I feel like the 90s was almost one of the best decades for movies. Um, and it was cool because there wasn't, we didn't have all the streaming. We didn't really have the internet. Like, the Oscars was a big deal because it was like, holy shit, once a year, there's no DVR. We can't record this shit. Everybody's sitting around the TV yeah, watching it. it live, right? But then. As you get older and as you get into the 2000s and beyond, like now there's like 150 movies a year and there's 25 streaming services. And then by the end of it, they narrow it down to like really unique, interesting, weird movies. Like you almost think like the ones that should win because there's so much hype and memes around them and like popularity among the Internet culture that it's like the exact opposite when it comes to the, to the Oscars, because those folks behind the doors are like probably just boomers and 90 year olds that just like oh is this one awfully tasteful or what is this man yeah. doing i don't get it so that's going to be a no for me dog. Enough, is it you know got this enough it's it's not i mean my nieces and nephews none of that like they're in you know high school college they don't watch they don't care they're watching marvel movies and stuff that's all they care about and if some show doesn't have Marvel in it, they're like, why would I want to watch this? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, as long, as long... that's what I like. Why isn't Thor winning something? Yeah. Agreed. I totally agree with you there. I think as long as we're shitting on stuff, I want to keep this shit train going. <laughs> um, really one, one shit train. Uh, Fuck car, you, Hollywood. Car on itself uh, is uh, the prequel to Game of Thrones has started pr like production. Like they just did the sit down table read. And they have finally officially got the green light to get things going. And it's like, I don't know what to think. Justin, I'm going to toss this one over to you. How do you feel about them trying to revive Game of Thrones, even with the spinoff? I'm not against it in theory. I, I hope that they can recoup a lot of their losses of the shitstorm that they created in the last season of GOT. But 
at this i just when it comes to prequels you know even with like the sopranos prequel it just i have to ask why what what are we doing here is this a cash grab are we doing something for art are we telling a a unique story like what are we doing here and i i don't think that the game of thrones prequel necessarily has answers to that other than somebody has a mortgage payment they need to make so they're like let's do this (laughs) yeah jeff what are your thoughts I, I, you know, the just hearing the word Game of Thrones makes me feel sick and disappointed. And <laughs> like, I get it, and it's earlier, like thousands of years or something before any of this stuff happens. So we get more dragons and stuff. I'm sure they are aware that everyone hates D and D, and that the name is tarnished a bit. I feel it's tarnished. And I'm not going to just jump into it. I mean, I hope it's good, but HBO kind of did us dirty with the way they let it end. And so uh, why would they care about this show? If they didn't care about the original, who, why the fuck would they care about this? Yeah. So, you know, uh, you let the, and and I love how people say like, well, D&D really fucked it up. Yes, but HBO is also sitting there and reviewing this. You don't think some execs said, I don't think the fans are going to like this at all. I don't, I think we should maybe revisit this. No, they're like, good job. Just up these two guys' asses and they let that happen. So what's to say they're not going to let it happen again? Yeah, I I don't know how I feel. It's kind of like a trust issue. Like I got so hurt uh, on the last season and definitely the last episodes of that season where it was like, Oh, a whirlwind of emotions. It was like the big, it was like your team that you've been waiting your whole life. They finally got to the World Series, the Super Bowl, the whatever, and they literally just, just crap the bed. They get destroyed. Every person gets injured, and you literally just leave like, what the fuck was that? Um, so I, I guess I, if I had to make a bet now today it's i don't think they're going to be able to get lightning in a bottle twice i think what they built over the course of the season seasons uh that were good for game of thrones i don't think they're going to be able to redo it uh it's and it's hard because it's like they now need to live up to that expectation that game of thrones like it's the it's the cooler older brother that was the quarterback of the football team and now you're the dorky younger brother that just became a freshman and everybody's looking at you like fucking nerd, you know, like you're not as cool as your brother, even though the brother was totally a dropout, <laughs> lost his scholarship because he's doing drugs, got caught in the backseat. Now he works at Pac Sun. But um, this is so specific. I want to know who you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my that's my very thorough and uh, descriptive prediction of what's going to happen here. I just don't think it's going to work. I think people are going to not enjoy it, and it's going to be too easy to pick on. Sadly. So that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. So I want to take us on a quick side quest. I think we have a couple of minutes still. And yeah. on the note of... Yeah, I mean, like, we're, we're going... Good conversation. We're going to the moon and back. Uh, the, the teaser for the Dexter follow-up has landed. Oh. Oh, you want to jump into Dexter? <laughs> what, are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? You know, keeping the same lenses on as we're just talking about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Is there any redemption for Dexter Morgan? I, I don't know. I again, same same as Game of Thrones. Like that was just, uh, I don't know what happened there. It was just a really strange way to end the series. And of course, spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it. But 
it ended on a really strange note where now all of a sudden he's a lumberjack in Alaska. You thought he was dead. He was going into the ocean on his boat, like wounded. And all of a sudden he's back. And it's like that it got so much hate that I feel like whoever the showrunners were or the creators or the writers are now have been thinking and letting it sit and die and like just decompose that they're like, okay, I think we figured out how we can fix it. And that's my fears. They're going to go in with a fix-it attitude, and it's going to suck. Can I propose this? Let's ask the audience what they think, and let's dive into Dexter on the next episode. Because I think we all have a lot to say on that show, at least. Love it. That's a great idea, Jeff. I Love it. Um, yeah. Because we could talk about that for, for quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. So what we do have time for, though, is one of our one of my favorite segments is the Wheel of SideQuests. The Wheel of SideQuests is coming back. Quest, we want, quest, we quest. want Season 3 to be exciting, um, as as always. Um, but let's go ahead and spin this one, and there's a lot of good fan side questions out there, so keep them coming. You could just spam us. You don't even have to wait for us to ask. Just shoot us a DM. Slide into our DMs. We're hip, we're cool, but uh, let me go ahead and spin this wheel, and here we go. And oh yes, oh yes, I I love this one. Um, it is by the main quest. Thank you so much for giving us this side question. The main quest asks if you had to make your perfect food court, what would be in it? So food courts. I'm thinking 90s. Like let's take this a step further and say in the 90s food court. You're just going to the mall. It's that favorite place to go to. Justin, let's start with you. What booths are in your food court? There has to be either a Wetzel's eat, Pretzels. What? Is what? it all you can eat, by the way? Sorry, just so. Absolutely. Now you got to pay for it. All right. <laughs> so Okay, okay so there, there needs to be a Wetzel's Pretzels or an Auntie Anne's. Auntie Anne's. I don't know. The, the, the <laughs> Get the fuck the out of here with that. that Auntie Anne's. First side quest, it's Auntie Anne's. Okay, sorry. Back to Dustin. The verdict is out as, as to which is better. There obviously has to be a Chinese place that gives out free samples of orange chicken. That's a given. Yeah. Um, there needs to be a there's there's no McDonald's. There's no Taco Bell. There's no Arby's. Just just strike those off the map. Those are not appropriate for a '90s food court. Uh, with the the great Philly steak and cheese or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be there. And that's only when your mom's done extra well this month yep. and she can give you $15 to go to the, the food court, not just the normal five. Oh, snap. And then you get that steak sandwich with that, that cherry cola and some uh, some fries on the side. Damn. You, uh, you set the bar high, sir. Jeff, what's in your food court? Okay, before I announce that, uh, I also think next week we should talk about malls in general. <laughs> Because now I'm just thinking about all the shit we used to do in the mall. But uh, but for my food court, I'm going to have to go with the, and uh, Eric, you're going to remember this, those corn dogs at Stratford. Oh, and that little food court was awesome. Uh, you got to have the, um, Mrs. Fields to have mm. you know, the warm cookie right out. Mm. I love how the food, food court is just basically everything that was at the mall. Um, there was that Chinese place that was really good. That's got to be, you know, that's got to be in there as well. Um, trying to think of what, I, and the Sobrero, the Sobrero, Sobrero, Sobrero's yeah, pizza. Sobrero. Yeah. yeah, that yep, pizza. Yep, yep. Nice. And then, good, good. Uh, call. And then just end it with a little soft serve, and there you go. 
damn. Yeah, you guys, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys said all those things. I'm, I'm definitely in your guys' court here, and we have to have a little side shout-out to Toddcast uh, podcast. They actually chimed in and said, Sabaros, it's got to be in there. So I'm glad you mentioned it, Jeff. So for me, number one was Sabaros. Anytime I would go there, I'd get that big-ass slice of greasy-ass pizza, pepperoni, uh, yes, the pepperoni being on top is okay. I can deal with it. But those giant ass slices were so good. Um, I need to have a Cinnabon in the food court. Definitely the Chinese food. I think we're all in agreement on that. At least the smell. Even if I don't eat it, I know it's there and it smells good. Uh, great steak and potato. And potatoes, the great potato. <laughs> And last, last but not least, I feel like I, I need kind of like a wild card in there. And, um, you know, I've already got a sweet. I've already got like savory, salty. Um, I feel like there just needs to be like something different, like almost like a Jamba Juice. I didn't go there a lot, but I like options. And it would be nice to just go up and get more of like a smoothie or a drink and not have to always eat food. So I'm going to kind of complete the group there with like a little Jamba Juice. So that's Ooh. that's my food court. And, of course, you got to sit there and stare at a lot of people and make fun of everybody, and that's a good time. So, um, yeah, that, that was a great little side question. We've got a lot more to go on the next episode. Catch us on the next one. But uh, in the meantime, let us know what you think of all the questions. Did you agree with us on all the rants? Did you Did you love the Oscars and you hate what we said about it? What about the Grammys? What about everything else that we've talked about? Hit us up at SideQuest Pod. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And so, now, with our very last breaths of the episode. I got one for, yeah, Justin here. Ooh, do it. All right, let's do it. So, we were talking about Ricky Gervais. Justin, I just sent it to you, his quote. And I want you to do it in your best British Ricky Gervais accent. Okay, okay. Sucked a little wall, then you're agent. And you go and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it.